Hi, this is Sarah Beth Ramsey, and you're listening to the More You Grow podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. Testing, testing. Testing, testing, testing. Welcome back to the More You Grow podcast. My name is Sarah Beth Ramsey, and I'm the host. And I appreciate you guys, and I just want to say thank you for um, understanding a little bit of time off from the podcast. I did not announce it. I did not even know that I was going to do it. I have been, full disclosure, in the process of changing a lot of things, my business model for my business, the Boho Marketing Co., uh, my personal page, this podcast, trying to figure out exactly what I want to be doing with it. And I've just been taking a lot of time to think. And whenever that happens, whenever I go into these times to think, that's when a lot of my best ideas are formulated. We live in this culture where it's like, you know, we should always be doing, doing, doing. And the idea of resting or taking time to think, it's kind of like crazy talk, you know, because we hear all of these phrases like time is money and, you know, don't quit, keep going, push through, even though you want to quit, prove to yourself that you can do it. I myself have gotten caught up in all of those phrases a lot. Hustle culture is prevalent here. It's just a big part of our work culture here in the United States. And as I keep looking at change for the social media landscape, because ultimately, you know, that's what I want is for people to feel better when they're online. I've noticed that a lot of that stems from our work culture. Okay, hear me out. Like, think about it. One of the biggest things that I hear from people about why they become burnt out on social media is because they have these feelings of not doing enough, being good enough, having good enough content. There's always this internal competition kind of going on in our minds, whether we realize it or not. Now, I always encourage awareness with social media, right? I mean, I want you guys to be aware of how you're feeling when you're online because I think that catches a lot of these feelings from starting to grow and faster and and cause other problems offline, right? It's all connected. If we think about it, if we get online and we think we're not doing enough because we see so-and-so is doing this or our competitor is doing this and we'll have a whole other talk about community over competition and why... Um, competition can really make us feel terrible. We'll have another talk about that sometime. But it's kind of how, it's how our culture is set up. If we're always supposed to be doing, doing, doing and not resting, of course that's going to translate over to social media where we feel that other people are always doing, doing, doing and we need to keep up with this rat race, right? So that is a problem that I've been noticing. It's like, We have this overarching, okay, we feel bad on social media. Let's take that as the first problem. How do we fix this problem? Aside from, you know, actually changing the algorithm and things like that that we've talked about, you know, then we start focusing on what the problems are. And one of the biggest ones, of course, like I said, is the comparison game. Well, where does that come from? One of my friends, and I've talked about this on my social media platforms, but one of my friends said that she kept asking herself, why? 
why do I feel this way? And then it dug further into another, you know, question. And then she answered that question with why until she finally got to the root of what was going on with her. And that's similar to what I'm trying to do here with social media. Why are these things happening? It's easy to just blame the algorithm, but I'm finding as I keep going and keep thinking and keep researching that it's it's deeper than that. And I think a lot of it starts with this hustle culture. And now I feel like I'm taking a turn into becoming more motivated to change work culture in the U.S. as well, because they're, they're so connected. So it's kind of like a two-part battle here for me um, that I think is so important. So let me talk a little bit about that further. Something that really, really resonated and stuck with me is that last night I watched this movie. It's called Two Hearts. Um, It made me an emotional wreck afterwards. I was not prepared. I thought it was a cute chick flick. It was not. That's what I was wanting to watch. (laughs) Um, And that's not what I got. Um, What I got was a very real, based on a true story, emotionally charged movie about um, being a donor and and transplants and um, somebody having to pass away for this other person to have their organ. Oh my gosh. And how they were connected. And it it was beautiful, but I was not in the right place (laughs) for that movie this week. Um, But I've been finding, and I don't know how many of you that listen to this podcast are very woo-woo. I have like sort of a spiritual side that I don't talk too much about on the podcast outside of like meditation and things like that. But um, sometimes I feel that I'm getting kind of messages, even if I'm watching TV, right? So I used to worry like if I'm cluttering my mind with, you know, TV, for example, which is not one of my favorite things really, but I do watch it sometimes for peace, like to kind of shut my brain off. And I think, am I missing stuff because I have all of this digital kind of chaos going on in my mind? But I have found that even movies can kind of speak to me and help me with some of this, like the thoughts that I'm having. And what I learned last night was um, in one part of the movie... It was a, I don't want to give too much away, but it was, it was a young adult that passed and they, um, the dad had just gotten in a fight with him. Sorry. I do feel like I'm kind of giving this away. Spoilers ahead. Um, before you watch this movie, the dad was upset because he had worried so much about this kid's grades and his cell phone usage instead of just telling him that he loved him basically. And at the end of the movie, the one person says, you know, none of this matters anymore. None of this, you know, you don't care about work when you pass, right? We see memes about that all of the time. You don't care about work. You don't care about um, all of these other things that seemed so important, just aren't as important anymore when you get close to or have a relative that is sick. And here's my thing. This is what came to me when I watched this. Why does it take getting to that point to realize what's important in life? What would happen if we realized it now? Now when, you know, or at one point in your life when when everything seems fine and, you know, you have all of this ability to do all of these things. And what a shame it is that it takes that long for us to really look back and, and see what's important in life. 
So I started thinking, what if we work backwards? Like, what if we think about, okay, like, don't dwell on that moment, of course, when something is about to happen to us, but work backwards from that. Okay, what are the important things? We get to that point, like, I wish I had done this, or I wish I had done that, and think about those things. I'm not saying quit your job (laughs) and go on an adventure, although I know people do that. Um, And you know, and I have done that, but I, you know, had intended also to get another job right away and figure out what I loved. My thing is, I think a lot of people get to a point where they don't want to change where they are, even though they know deep down that they're unhappy. And I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. And one, it's like, you're afraid of not being able to find another job that pays as well, maybe. Or, you know, you're in a spot, you're in a job where, you know, every society thinks that that's the job that you're supposed to be in. Maybe you're in a job that actually makes you happy, feeds your soul. Like, I believe the point of work is to, like, feed our soul in some way, to either help the community, to help people, to um, bring, you know, get that creativity out of us in some way. And I think when, when we take that perspective on work and we figure out what makes us happy with our work, you know, that's when things start to change. We have to work, right? I mean, we have to make money in some way, but the way that we go about doing that doesn't have to be the way that we've always done it or the way that people say that you should do it. Um, And I think that's the thing. We think we have time. We get to the end and we think, I wish I had done this. I wish I had, you know, gone for it. I wish I had changed careers. I wish I had gone for what I really want to do. And it's like, why? Why aren't you doing that? So I think work backwards. If you were there in that moment, what is it that you wish you had done? And do it. And, you know, I I think that that is one of the things. I think that the other thing is, all right, there's two other things. One of them is work culture. I could tell you stories for a long time about some of the instances that I went through when I worked in a corporate environment, and they are not good. Um, It's one of the reasons I wanted to leave, but also I also just wanted to really be an entrepreneur. There needs to be an overhaul. There is too much focus on money and the bottom line and not enough focus on your people. Another another example, I was watching a TV show called The Startup. And this is like the most TV I've ever watched, I think. The whole premise of it is um, these un- unlikely friends starting a startup. And at one point, they're so focused on the competition. They're a tech company. They're so focused on the competition that they drive their workers like into the ground to get a new app out within like, I don't know, two or three weeks. I mean, like completely unreasonable amount of time. And at one point, the employees, they all get up and they quit. And then the other owners are like, well, what do we do now? Because they weren't taking care of their employees. All they cared about was the bottom line. And they forgot that the employees make the company. Without the employees, they cannot do it. The guy was not a tech wizard. He was not a coder. He did not know how to do those things. And then they were left with nothing. 
I think companies forget this. It is the people that make up the business. These multi-billionaires are getting there because of, yes, the hard work that they put in the beginning, but then it seems to turn into like this craziness where they have all of these employees that they're not paying well. And then, and I think, you know, who I'm referencing, they're not paying them well. And they're forgetting that without all of those employees now, they won't have their yacht and they won't have, you know, all of these things. They don't care because the way our structure, our, you know, our culture is, it's like, you have to do this or else you're out of a job. And that's scary. So I mean, just like the whole thing is a mess. And it's it's sad. The other thing is, okay, the last thing I'm going to talk about here in reference to this is we have two, in my opinion, two boxes. And I actually am doing a walk talk this week on this on the Boho Marketing Co. Instagram if you want to check it out. It's just three minutes long, but I dive a little bit more into this concept. There seems to be, in my opinion, and again, this whole podcast is my opinion. I'm just sharing with you what I've learned and what I've been thinking about, but two boxes of people in the United States hustle culture, okay? And this applies to corporate and it applies to entrepreneurs and it applies to everybody. You either are trying to get rich, wealthy, status-driven, clout-driven, and you're like spending all your time doing it, or you're already there and you have all these things that you thought made you successful, but it's stressing you the hell out. I feel like there are these two boxes. Now, granted, I think too, there are a small group of people who actually love what they do and enjoy it and they're not driving themselves into the ground or maybe they are, but either way, they're okay at the moment because they love what they do and their heart is in it. But A, I don't think you have to drive yourself into the ground to reach success, but that all starts with what is your definition of success? So That's kind of the bottom line here. What is your definition of success? If your definition is having a lot of money, I'm afraid for you because with a lot of money comes a lot of things. For example, these people that have like five different houses, like good for you, That's if that's what you want. But with that comes the bills of five different houses, the landscape, like all of the things to take care of it. You're probably, if you have that much money working around the clock, You have a lot of people to answer to. You have a lot of people that are depending on you. You probably don't sleep much. I mean, look at Elon Musk. One day he like had like a a kind of a meltdown on Twitter and said he was going to sell all of his stuff because stuff is connected to stress a lot of the times. And I think that's what people don't understand when it comes to becoming quote unquote successful in our culture. My idea of success is being happy being happy and having enough money to do the things I want to do. So if I want to go to, um, you know, California next week, it would be nice to be able to just be able to pay for that, right? Like those kinds of things. But why do we always see people start making a lot of money and then they go and they buy this huge house that they then have to buy staff for and things like that? Why don't we ever see, and I have seen it before, but rarely, somebody who has a nice humble home that puts money into it and then 
you know, and I'm not talking about celebrities because they need security, all of that. I'm just talking about successful business owners, right? Like, why don't we ever see them just grateful and appreciative for what they have and being able to spend money, you know, on trips or, you know, other things that make them happy, whatever that might be. It's always more, more, more. It's never, I'm just happy with enough. I have enough. I mean, there's a whole other topic that I could talk about. Why do we need all of these houses? Like, why do we need all of these things? The distribution of income in the United States could be a whole topic. Like, the idea that somebody has six houses and somebody else can't even afford food for their kids. I mean, like, that whole thing, I could go and go and go. But let's start with this idea of hustle culture and work culture. Because I think this is the root of the problems. It's not having money. It's not feeling like you ever have enough and that impacting your happiness. And then that leads to comparison games and stress, feeling like we have to do more. I mean... I think you can have a nice, happy social media account without stressing out. And we can dive into that more. I've given some boundary setting tips. But I think first, the mindset change has to be with work culture. Anyway, that is my two cents on what needs to happen to kind of help kickstart this whole social media reform. Let me know what you think about this. I was feeling inspired today, so I wanted to record, and I think this is going to be a direction that I'm going to be taking moving forward. I have some other plans in the works that I'm really, really excited about to get started. Some really great people around me that are kind of helping me flush out these ideas, which is awesome. And I'll be back soon. Thanks again for listening to the More You Grow podcast. See you later.